0: Hi, good afternoon, and welcome to CIO Leadership Live. I'm Mary Fran Johnson, Executive Director of CIO Programs here at IDG, and I have the great privilege today to be interviewing Sanjay Sringapur, who is the CIO of Ernest & Julio Gallo Winery. Sanjay is an executive with a broad IT experience in industries ranging from consumer product goods and the wine industry to insurance, high-tech manufacturing, professional services, and software consulting. He joined Gallo Winery in 2014 and was promoted to CIO the following year. Gallo, as many of our viewers probably know is one of the world's largest family-owned winemakers. It got its start in 1933 in Modesto with the famous brothers Ernest and Julio. Today, Gallo owns 15 wineries and 16,000 acres of California vineyards and is the leading U.S. exporter of California wines with more than 90 brands under its name. As CIO, Sanjay leads a 300-plus person global information services team and is responsible for all the elements of enterprise, IT delivery, and support around the world. Before his current role, Sanjay held IT leadership positions at Voya Financial and ING Bank. Welcome. It's great to have you here today.
1: Thank you. My pleasure.
0: Yes. And as I I should also tell our audience, as we are going through our Q&A here, you are most welcome to join in. We're watching the Twitter feed at CIO Online. And if you would like to send in a question for Sanjay, uh, we'll get alerted to it on this end. So I've got a few questions for you. I have to start out telling you that I love that Ernest Hemingway quote, that wine is the most civilized thing in the world. (laughs) So let me start with a very civilized 50,000-foot question for you about how IT is actually changing the wine industry for consumers, for growers, for distributors, for producers like Gallo. What kind of changes is technology bringing about? Well,
1: you know, when I think of technology in the wine industry, I I, I think of it, from two perspectives. One is the making of wine and and growing of the grapes. You're seeing Mm -hmm. a significant amount of IoT sensor technology as well as analytics being used in that space. Mm -hmm. So it's really changing how we think about growing grapes, how we apply irrigation practices, how we apply geospatial uh, imaging to help Mm -hmm. gain insights on, on the growing side. On the making, you've got more modern MESs, the, the brilliant factories, the managing of flow mm-hmm. from traditionally doing a large scale wine production for one brand to maybe doing, you know, 20 smaller brands yes. from a volume perspective, but still achieving the same economies of scale that you were when you were doing the one, you know, 20 million case branded in Mm -hmm. one go so that, that that's where technology is being applied and on the sales side with our distributors and our sales partners what we're applying is more of a prescriptive model through analytics on where a consumer needs to be activated how do we sell to them how do we get our wine on the shelf how do we get our wine in the consumer's lexicon so that when they're doing their purchases either through the store, online, or uh, directly uh, from the retailer, They're buying Gallo product, or at least they Mm -hmm. have the opportunity to buy Gallo product. So that's where all the technology is kind of being impacting
0: right now. Well, and I think it's probably a a no-brainer to see how that's working on the consumer side and even the distributor side, but I don't think a lot of us realize how much data collection is going on on the agriculture side.
1: Yes. I mean, to be honest with you, that was one of the things that I had a very big epiphany when I when I joined Gallo we initially right, you came
0: in from the financial side right. you were used to tons of data
1: yeah but I didn't realize that the scale of data that we're talking about um, the the pervasiveness of sensors, IOT in the fields uh, mm-hmm. and the AG side it's amazing yeah uh, and, and using that data complexity, and that da- that vastness of the data to generate insights is a mm-hmm. big challenge because sometimes you've got information overload, and how do you, yeah, how do you s- segment it? How do you analyze it? How do you stratify it in such a way that you can actually generate that one insight that will help you either save money or or, or predict market mm-hmm. conditions?
0: Okay. Well, how far along is when you think about industries and the pace at which they digitize, uh, you think of finance and insurance having been at this for a long time. We see a lot of it happening in much more rapid timeframes in healthcare these days. But in the wine industry overall, is it, is it well along the path to digital transformation or is, is Gallo kind of leading the way as the biggest one? Um, well,
1: it's interesting, right? So as a whole, I think we're, we're doing okay. We're, we're we're proceeding along the that path pretty mm-hmm. rapidly, but the way I approach that question of wh- are we leading the pack or are we behind, I've not really framed that way in my mind. I'm looking at it more from a individualized perspective of business capabilities that we're chasing. Okay. So if I'm chasing an analytics capability in the ag space, I think we're doing very well. We might be leading the pack, we might not. I, I'm not so sure, but mm-hmm. we're meeting our business needs and in fact, we're, we're ahead of our business partners in many ways mm-hmm. in, in that space, uh, in helping them come up with what are the new business models, what are the platforms that we need to be chasing. Mm-hmm. In certain other areas like um, you know, AI in in supply chain or blockchain. Mm-hmm. Uh, those areas, I've specifically taken the approach for Gallo as such to be fast followers. Let that technology mature, let mm-hmm. that technology evolve, and then we're, we'll rapidly implement it when the business case and the business needs arise that yeah. we, we can truly uh, incorporate in terms of growing the top line or improving our bottom line mm-hmm. perspective. Now, on the sales and distributor side, I think in many ways we are leading the pack. I think we are very data rich. We're driving a technological foundation for prescriptive sales call of the future, which is mm. rare, mm-hmm. right? And our ability to have that insight because of the ecosystem of data that we, we gather from our distributors, from our suppliers, uh, I mean, uh, our distributors and retailers, Helps us gain insights on market opportunities that that we can then serve up to our sales force.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I remember being. Um surprised and impressed a few years ago uh, learning about the way Gala was using drones in the vineyards to gather all kinds of information from the crops. And this was a few years before you really heard about anybody, you know, delivering packages with it or checking out uh, disaster sites for insurance companies.
1: You know, that has been, to be honest with you, my friend, the biggest kind of Area that we've noticed IoT being applied mm-hmm. in a mass way—it's um, the ag space. It's such a fertile space. Drones is one thing, but then there's I know, we sensors. Think of in the Internet field.
0: of Things, and we think of factory floors. You right. don't think of the floor of a valley. That's right. With and, a lot and, of vines. Know,
1: sensors yeah. for irrigation controls. Mm-hmm. Sensors for. Um, measuring plant health, you know, all of these kinds of things, imaging sensors, automated tractors, all of these mm-hmm. things, automated picking, um, all of these things are being researched today. While most of these are probably not ready for production right away, they will be yeah. pretty quickly. And it, and the amount of investment, not just that Gallo's doing, but also other companies are doing is pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. When you start looking at the competitive landscape, there's a lot of companies chasing Technology innovation in the ag space, whether mm-hmm. it's automated tractors or automated uh, destemmers or, mm-hmm. you know, picking machines, all all different types of stuff from a robotics perspective. There, but also applying sensor technology to 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 chase the holy grail, as they say, right? So, can mm-hmm. we uh, improve quality? Can we measure the health of one vine? Yeah, through sensor now. That's uh, you know that's it sounds kind of like very science fiction. Type well, it's of like stuff, the dream
0: of mass customization—the exactly. idea that you can drill down to a tiny view on just one thing right. out of all that data. But at the same mm-hmm. time,
1: it, you know that's the that's where we aspire mm-hmm. to be. That's not where the technology is currently, but it's a good goal for us to kind of when we're looking at technology in the ag space and how do we help drive the overall efficiencies. Mm-hmm in growing grapes. That that would be where I think IOT is making a big impact.
0: Okay, excellent. Well and um, we mentioned already that you joined Gallo from the financial industry four years ago now and I just recently heard you tell the story of what you did for your first 90 days on the job. Tell that
1: story. So it was interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, When I joined Gallo I I needed to learn the business and 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 the CIO at the time had had put together a onboarding plan that for the first 90 days was all about meeting and greeting a lot of folks within the company all the way from the VP to actual individual contributors contributors mm-hmm. across all functions and spending a day in a life with many of them okay. all the way from mm-hmm. when the grapes get picked to merchandising at a retailer, to seeing how our warehouses run, mm-hmm. how our put-away happens, what our uh, marketing department does, what our creative department does, mm-hmm. you know, looking at all of those pieces. Uh, and what that did for me was it allowed me to quickly absorb the business without a, an agenda. Of applying technology uh, to fix it right it was just about learning
0: you weren't going out there with the problem list that you knew no, it needed to solve exactly i went in mm-hmm. with
1: a perspective of I, i'm a blank slate i just need to learn how this ecosystem mm-hmm. that is gallo of multiple entities with the winery at its center functions mm-hmm. and then me being a technologist and a CIO, automatically you start seeing where you could apply technology, where you could make Mm -hmm. small improvements that could potentially drive significant benefits for the business. And what this did also for me was put me in, in a sense, from the beginning of not being IT, but being the business, Yeah. right? Looking at it as I'm steering the business it isn't about i need to go to the business and talk to them hey what are your requirements what are the capabilities you should be chasing
0: right that's that's old school uh, right cio yeah what
1: we could do there is my interactions and then changing the department's interactions to more of a hey have you thought about this i'm seeing this in your day in a life how do Mm -hmm. we make that better and then i'm seeing maybe ai come up or blockchain come up or machine learning come up And then instead of talking about how we need to apply machine learning, Mm -hmm. talk about the business outcome that we want to achieve in that day in a life. And then machine learning is an automatic tool
0: that you use. Yeah, here's how we enable that. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Well, and that uh, it strikes me, I've heard over the years, there's been so much conversation about uh, IT people learning to speak in the language of the business and all that. And, and I, I think for a long time, people might have thought that that just meant knowing a few things about spreadsheets and financial yeah. terms. But it's very different. It's really about understanding what the business is trying to accomplish and then slotting technology into the right places to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: That, that's exactly how I look at IT at Gallo. Our our job is in in many ways to help shepherd the company through a a vastly undulating, changing environment Mm -hmm. of technological innovation that is driving in in, in, in the last 10 years. So we need to help our business, navigate it, incorporate it, but also challenge them on Disruptive technologies that could change our business model. Mm-hmm. We need to now start thinking from an IT perspective as not a CIO, but as the entrepreneur who owns the business. Yes. And, and have a clarity of vision of how these things could potentially disrupt your overall technology and your business model.
0: Give me an example of some way that you've accomplished that, something that you kind of have added that to your to your uh, toolbox of something you were able to bring to Gallo mm-hmm. so when we when we're
1: looking at some of this right it's uh, take a look at what we did with the mobile scheduling application for example yes right? that's
0: been written up that was mm-hmm.
1: it's been written up mm-hmm. and uh, where we were able to help our grower reps you know schedule harvest pickups and the harvesting of fields
0: and this is an iPad it's enabled. an iPad mm-hmm. enabled completely
1: mobile first application yep. right mm-hmm. What is, that is, is this revolutionary? In some ways, no, but it feels revolutionary because it took some, something that used to take many, many hours to do, Is that time has now been shrunk. It's mobile, yeah. mobile enabled, it's, you're, and you can do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. It, you've applied a technology to basically take a painful process in a day in a life mm-hmm. and made it easy, or easier. It's okay. never going to be painless, but it's easier mm-hmm. uh, As we go down this path, that is an application of technology at a what I call a Dana life improvement level.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Another way of thinking is well how do we want to apply technology to be prescriptive That's more revolutionary from a sales perspective right mm-hmm. We're gathering all this data um, let's say in a five mile radius I have all the stores that Gallo product is being sold to because I, I they're mm-hmm. s- sending me their depletions data okay? Uh, and I get point of sales data from Nielsen or some of the other areas for these retailers. How do I then incorporate all these various nuggets of information into finding out, hey, should we be selling in one of our brands into this particular store because two other restaurants open next to it, and they've been they've been already selling our brand?
0: Right. kind of insight in a contextual in way. a contextual mm-hmm. way that and and not just generating
1: that insight creating a platform that makes that insight prescriptive to a salesperson Mm -hmm. with financial incentives driven within that platform for that salesperson to go execute that piece. So it's thinking about that from a complete holistic life cycle Mm -hmm. of the sales call of the future. That is also how we're looking. But if you noticed, I didn't talk about
0: technology at all. In, in, in no, any and I was thinking that that also wasn't something that you just created using technology people for the input. No. So, how did, talk about how you put that together? That sounds like an uh, that sounds like an agile project with business people involved well, as yes. well. It, so
1: it's not. So I, I, I don't want to take credit for putting it all together. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, I'm I'm part of a team we've built a culture where it partners with our business but partners is a it's not strong enough mm-hmm. it's more we're integrated even though IT is a centralized function and sales might be a centralized function or creative might be a centralized function or winemaking might be a centralized function. But we've created such a partnership through the cadence of interaction that we've established, whether it be through my staff Mm. meetings or through their staff meetings and making sure that those calendars and that cadence is synced together. Hmm. It creates a logical way of, not having to wait on each other for requirements or money or resources. We start on day one talking about what is your roadmap, what is the capabilities, what are the technologies. Then we evolve that discussion down to the next level, which is, okay, what does this lead to in terms of projects that we want to go chase? Okay, Okay, how many of these projects require, what, what does the team look like for these projects? And we're not talking IT team or business team, we're just saying, A total team to achieve a certain business outcome. Okay. Then from there, we go into okay, now where does this team and this project that we've talked about for your area align with all the other business projects that we're talking about all the other capabilities where does it fall mm-hmm. in the prioritization list and this isn't done in isolation between me and one person it's done as a community together yeah. so 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 when i draw the line on a budget and say or a capacity problem and say look i've got only this much capacity and only this much work I don't abdicate my leadership by saying, you decide what my priority is. Right, I decide it with them together in, in complete partnership with the pros and cons.
0: Well, I like that. I love that phrase, cadence of interaction. It actually, it also sounds a lot to me like a very kind of boots on the ground form of governance.
1: It is. Okay. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. So this is an interesting thought from my perspective A, what what is the role of the CIO? Right, is it to be that the visionary? That is the
0: perpetual question. I know we talk right. about that a lot at our events. yep What I
1: find a lot of times, <clears throat> forget about that. You need to have a strategic vision. You need to have the clarity of vision. You need to build good teams. All of that's there. Yeah, that's all.
0: That's leadership, though, for everybody. It doesn't yeah. really matter
1: for the CIO or not. Where where I'm looking at, and the way I look at it is, we need to empower our most junior folks to live the day in a life of their customer base mm-hmm. and, and and not treat them as customers, but as partners that we're helping make their lives better mm-hmm. one way or the other. That's at the most tactical level. So I've tried to instill in, in inside of my department a perspective of even the most junior person, if you can take some time from a training perspective or mm-hmm. something along those lines, go work directly with the business. Spend a day with them, yep. whether it's merchandising in the field or whether it's uh, uh, f- shadowing a winemaker while they go through their steps or whether mm-hmm. it's in, in the warehouse or whether it's in, in, in the operations centers. Just see what they do. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed is just by doing that, Ideas come up and ideas come up that are not just evolutionary but can be revolutionary yes. in nature. Yeah. Right. So somebody always asks me, Sanjay, do you come up with all the ideas? Does your leadership come up with all the vision and the ideas? Mm. To be honest with you, the most successful model that I think works is these ideas bubble up from everywhere and you don't. You have to create a funnel for these ideas to come up to you, and then you've got to harness them into some sort of a roadmap and a cadence mechanism mm-hmm. that takes these ideas and puts them into an execution path that is timely for the business. Right,
0: because companies uh, – most companies are famous for you know coming up with lots of ideas that essentially die on the vine, right. if, if you'll – excuse me, stealing the, uh, the idea of the ag angle here um, – and it it also – what you're talking about, too, sounds less like a reimagining of just the CIO role, but more of a reimagining of the entire IT mm-hmm. department role and just the, the mindset shift that it, that requires. It,
1: it is – don't get me wrong. You're always mm-hmm. going to need certain people who are – database experts, certain people who are integration experts, certain people. But as a whole.
0: It's not all pushing buttons. Technology is complicated. Yes.
1: But it's also, it's not all about coding. It's not all about um, database efficiencies. It's not all about your network efficiencies. Well,
0: it's not about anything happening in a vacuum.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it has to be thought together as I'm trying to achieve a business outcome. I want to influence a business model. I want to take that entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. mindset. And maybe not 100% of the time, but 20% of the time, I want everybody on my team to start thinking that way as though they own not just the department, but all technology within the Gallo ecosystem. And how can they make it better? Mm this is aspirational, obviously. Yeah. Not everyone's going to do that. Not yeah. everyone's going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But if you start talking about it more, if you can get 20, 30 percent of your population to start doing that, now you don't really have to worry about innovation and being innovative. And well, you just have to harness it.
0: You, you, And you eventually you change the culture and the way of thinking in the organization. And that never happens with a memo and a couple of town hall meetings. Right. I mean, right. that's the same kind of that's the the repetitiveness of the communication of that has to keep happening and happening over time. Well, when you look back on your 4 years so far since 2014, what stands out in your mind as some of your kind of uh, and you and your team the signature accomplishments during that time?
1: Well, I would say, you know, first that evolution, that cultural evolution from mm-hmm. order taker looking for requirements to being more of a true partner with the business. And now, working with the CFO, the uh, COO, the CEO, the ELT, all of these folks in what we call our executive leadership team, mm-hmm. looking at IT as potentially being a transformative force within the Gallo ecosystem of companies, uh, right? Mm-hmm. That in itself is a huge change, right? Mm-hmm. That's one. The other part is that's at the strategic and brand level. Yeah. But that, how do you achieve that, right? One is execution and continuous de- delivery. Mm-hmm. I, I say this to my team all the time. I said, don't focus on the home run. Focus on the single and the double and
0: mm-hmm.
1: hit that single and double every day.
0: Oh, that's interesting. And it doesn't really yeah. matter. At the mm-hmm. end of the
1: year, you'll look up and you're, you'll have put up a massive score right. out there. Um, and then let me worry about the home run. Right? Mm-hmm. I will I will push, our leadership team will push the home run projects. Don't worry about okay. those. Good. You focus on hitting the singles and the doubles on a, on a daily basis. So mm-hmm. when we look at the numbers of projects that we've done, and that's this is not, it's not a, you can't look at this number in, in, in isolation, obviously, because there's bigger projects, smaller but But it's mm-hmm. a good trending kind of a perspective. Uh, we, we used to do about 100 projects a year. Now we do between 200 to 300 a year. Okay. And it's not as though the size of our team has tripled in size. Right, right. Right? We've grown, mm-hmm. but not to that extent, maybe 20% max. Yeah. Um,
0: that's, at a, that's an efficiency of operations kind of measure in a way. It's an eff- efficiency yeah. of
1: operations and it's an efficiency of execution. It's also w- in this process applying, we pu- put in what I call plan-deliver-run. Same thing as in the industry you here, mm-hmm. plan-build-run, right? Mm-hmm. Model. Uh, from an org perspective, as well as creating focus areas, what we found was that drove a significant amount of these efficiencies, because it, uh. Uh, it it created focus for people to keep the lights on and kept focus for people to deliver quicker on the larger initiatives or the smaller Lean Six initiatives that they were driving, or okay. or, or, or or other initiatives they were driving, mm-hmm. and they were, the, the same people who were doing those were not being pulled into doing day to day run activities. Okay. And the day to day run activities, these folks were able to now drive not just the cost point down, but create automation that eliminated the root cause of the problem. Mm. Now, the approach I took with all of this is more of a PNG approach, I would say. <laughs> I'm not looking for radical improvements overnight. They may happen, they may not. It's more about building the culture and making sure you're improving by 1%, 2% every month. Yeah. And within 18 months, we saw massive improvements. A
0: big, big jump. Well, how did you reorganize or what new roles did you add? I mean, when you think of your IT department four years ago and then today, is the structure different or it is. are there. A- Tell us a little bit about how you have it set up. (coughs)
1: So when you think about IT uh, at Gallo, uh, you know, we used to have simple operations and applications, Mm -hmm. right? So we've now gone away from two verticals to more of a business-aligned vertical with shared services Hmm. being consumed by those business verticals that we have. They're IT business verticals. Now, in that the role of the BRM, the business relationship manager, is what was implemented. That was the big change. Mm-hmm. And and having one centralized leader who is responsible for all things supply chain and operations, one centralized leader who's responsible mm-hmm. for all things finance the and one HR.
0: one-throat-to-choke philosophy, yeah. Right. Well, yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> that helps. And then mm-hmm.
1: creating a team of business managers under them, w- w- which are responsible not for going to the business and saying what do you want to do but creating a roadmap saying this is where we see the the technological landscape evolving mm. this is the capabilities we think we should be chasing now what is your roadmap for yeah. this so it's a challenge with a option of well if you don't have a roadmap we can use this yeah. as the foundation to or build it's one. how
0: do we get on the same page exactly mm-hmm.
1: and that helps drive that right so the brm role was one the other piece was the run function you know initially Mm -hmm. having people if you look at our department we were running at one point i think um almost 70 30 or 80 20 where it was 70 or 80 percent of the department was focused on run activities yeah today i I would say we're probably 50 50 Mm. and that's a pretty big shift right that 30 percent that's now going into project work where it wasn't that's a huge Change. Um, My goal with this continuous improvement that we're kind of driving is to get to a 70 30 the other way, where only 30% of the department is running to Mm -hmm. keep the lights on and 70% is adding value.
0: That would be a big shift because when you look at any company, you know, even the ones that work at it for a decade, it's hard to shift that by more than 5%. So we're close, we've
1: done a 20 25%. I mean, it depends on how you measure it, but Mm -hmm. I would say it's. Enough of a a move where I'm seeing the benefit, and I'm seeing it with hard data of increased projects, increased throughput, um, and the customer pull.
0: Yeah. Okay. Instead Mm -hmm. of the
1: customer demand, you know, Mm -hmm. traditionally we used to have to demand to be at the table. Now we're being pulled into the table. Yes. So now we've got to take that customer pull and make it into even more strategic transformational discussions, and that's where we're kind of headed. Okay. But to keep achieving that, to your earlier point, I have to keep figuring out a way to get from 50-50 to maybe 30-70. Right. And, and that's an evolution. Mm-hmm. Part of it is you can apply technology. You've got automation scripts, you've got workflow scripts, you've got all these things, You know, AI, machine learning, all of yeah. this. Yeah. I'm just simplifying that into automation, but all of that's there. And you can apply that, but how do you apply that in a consistent way across the enterprise, Mm -hmm. not in a isolated pocket of excellence? Right. Right. That's that's one of the challenges that I'm seeing.
0: Well, and I think when I'm, uh, you know, years from now, when I'm talking with CIOs like yourself about uh, looking back on some of the biggest changes, Mm -hmm. I have a very strong feeling that the automation aspects are going to end up being... Much bigger than anyone thought in just in terms of how much the mind shift can take place on Absolutely. the IT side. Um, let's talk. I want to talk about uh, talent because I know that talent is a uh, a very pressing. When I asked you what your big challenges were, one of your top challenges was talent and how difficult it is sourcing global talent. And I guess the, my first thought is you're a California-based winery why is global talent uh, something you are you think about, and why is that a concern? Why well,
1: I, I think I like to think of uh, us competing on the world stage. We sell on the world stage. I'd like talent to be. Mm-hmm. I would like to attract talent from all over the world.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's right. So those right. ninety brands are sold right. outside yeah. the United I States.
1: Think, honestly. I, I, there might be 90 active, or I think the last mm-hmm. count I saw, And I, I, I don't keep count of all this, but I think it's mm-hmm. up, almost up to 140 now, mm-hmm. uh, number of brands that we have. It's, it, mm-hmm. it's an ever-evolving number, Mary Fran. Have you tried every one of them? Um, <laughs> attempted, not succeeded. <laughs>
0: because I was going to volunteer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's tough, yeah. right? It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when mm-hmm. we start looking at, at that, why is talent so important? One, it's our location.
2: Mm-hmm. And Mod- it's not about Modesto, California, Modesto,
0: California yep.
1: which is right next to the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So we've got a this shining star that's attracting all IT <laughs> talent all the mm-hmm. time. We're in the neighborhood.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But we're not in the midst <laughs> kinda of the You're kind of like Bay the area.
0: parents, you're out in the suburbs. That's right. <laughs> that's
1: one. The other yeah. part of it is also, it's not location as much as agriculture. Is it sexy? Does, does someone mm. wake up one day and say, look, I want to go become a winemaker and I want to sell wine and I work, want to work for a company that do does all this? Do people want to
0: move to the farm? And not Usually that we have not, farms, but you it's know. just, you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's
1: one of those things. Mm-hmm. And then how do you change and expose folks to all the amazing technological things that we're doing so that we can attract a global talent? Mm-hmm. And then we can keep them there. So So, so the approach we've taken is, we're doing a significant amount of internships. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're going further deep into recruitment, uh, You know, taking the uh, college football recruitment analogy, right? Mm-hmm. We're looking all, already into the freshman, sophomore, junior year, not right. the senior year, mm-hmm. and trying to get interns come through, trying to create this pool and groundswell of folks who are coming through, not just from local universities, but nationally, mm-hmm. and see if we can get cast a wider net but the realities of talent is still a problem. I mean, finding data scientists very difficult. Finding yeah. cybersecurity professionals very difficult. And being able to afford them at the price points that you can sustain. Yes,
0: Cuz you're because of where you are, you're competing with the tech industry. Exactly. Which is notoriously high paying. Exactly. You know. And
1: how do you how do you manage that, right? Yeah. So the way we we're trying to do it is one, give them get them early, mm-hmm. train them up and provide a career path. Also, there's a lot of attractive things about Gallo. Mm-hmm. It's a family-owned company. We're not running to Wall Street's, mm-hmm. you know, cycle. We're also in it for the very long term. There's yeah. strategic investments. There's strategic thinking. There's long-term perspectives that we're we're applying across the board, and. And you have it's, a
0: long track record of success. Exactly. I mean, right after the Great Depression is when the brothers got it going.
1: Right, and it's a, yeah. it's it's one of those special places. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's one of those special companies where you, you, you end up and you go, "How did I end up here?" You know. <laughs> Because when when you were
0: with ING Bank, you didn't think that would be your next move. No. From
1: financial services to Gallo,
0: I did not think that was the... You didn't want to go to the farm either. (laughs) No,
1: (laughs) it's an attractive, romanticized version of it, right, in your mind of what a winery looks like and what it functions like. But to be honest with you, it's been everything I could imagine. And for younger folks, I would say take a chance because fundamentally, especially millennials... What you think the amount of technology is in a, is in the ag space or in a winery, you'd be blown away by all of the digital mm-hmm. aspects that actually exist.
0: Yeah. Well, it could, I would think, be, from an innovation standpoint, very eye-opening yeah. for someone. And does, is it fair to assume that uh, millennial talent coming in rise up more quickly or have a broader range of responsibility because that's one of the I mean I'm I'm a parent of two millennials and and I think your your kids are a little too young to be millennials yeah but they're whatever the next generation is going to be but I, you know they certainly have a lot of interest in playing a significant role you know they want they want the career path they want that laid out for them I mean all this is quite understandable. So uh, the
1: approach I take with that is one you'll get all the exposure you want to me mm-hmm. to the leadership you'll be put on projects that are some of them are cutting edge mm-hmm. and advancement yes but not I, I have not focused on titles.
0: We're not going to make you a VP next year. Yeah, and I'm not. Yeah. Mm. And,
1: and there's two ways to skin that cat, right? It's it's one is be genuine about the ex- work experience and the experience you're gaining. Yeah. Or I stratify this with 27 layers between me and the individual contributor and promote them every mm-hmm. 12 months to keep them happy. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. There's a happy medium of somewhere in that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and we're, we're still trying to figure out what that is. But what I've noticed with millennials, at least the ones that, that work for us, so long as the work is diverse and they feel like they're making an impact yes. to the ecosystem that is Gallo, people are very very happy.
0: Yeah, that's well, it's a powerful inducement, right? And we're, we're you're, you're in in feeling together. appreciated. Yes. Um, mm-hmm.
1: The one area where I think at times is a struggle for IT in general is that clarity of vision, right? Being mm-hmm. a private company. Gallo has long-term strategies, long-term roadmaps that are not quarter-to-quarter. Mm-hmm. Quarter. There isn't a radical shift that happens every yeah. two minutes, where one day you're focusing on cost-cutting. Next day, everyone's asking you about innovation. Third day, oh, go back to cost-cutting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, so wait, it's, it's, it's why aren't not like you innovating? The, the quarterly focus of a publicly held Fortune 500 company. It's right. very different.
1: Which, which also allows for a little more risk-taking. Yeah. allows for a little more innovation, allows for a little more long-term planning. Mm-hmm. And why is that important in technology? It's crucial to be able to ha- sustain a culture that takes a while to build. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it isn't something that you do by hiring four people and say, go innovate in this room.
0: Right. <laughs> well, and you had mentioned when we talked earlier about how important it is to, to build out a culture of idea generation. And I like that it, you you don't just you don't just throw the word innovation around all loosey goosey. I mean, when you say innovation, you usually have something very specific it's tied to. But that idea of idea generation is um, it's 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 very appealing in that it it seems like the way that you get more conversation going between all the various parties involved. Um, There was a UCLA professor that I admire greatly and who said years ago said that creativity comes from conversation. And that's, to me, that's very close to the idea. It's like it's, we see that happen at our conferences. Uh, People just, you know, sitting at a table talking about a a problem they're both trying to solve and the different ways they're coming at it and just that's what what I think is so important about having diversity in the IT workforce you want people yeah. from different age levels and backgrounds and even educational levels because of that unexpected idea.
1: Well, what I've found also is there how do you create a team how do you create an enlist engaged team how mm-hmm. do you how do you how do you break that wall between IT and your business and yeah process, whether it's Agile or uh, Waterfall or whatever, Mm -hmm. it all tends to be either artifact driven or some sort of cadence driven process, right? Mm -hmm. Agile is more cadence, uh, Waterfall is more artifact driven. But when you start looking at it, if you distill that down, how do you really create a unified shared vision Mm -hmm. for innovation or shared ideas? It's through a shared experience set. Right? Yes. So if I go out and pick grapes with someone or I go help m- him make wine, that shared experience gives us a common language, a common um, mm-hmm. connection at mm-hmm. a much more human level than just, hey, go give me your requirements and I'm going to go code something and, oh, what do you mean this isn't right? Right.
0: right?
2: Well, that
1: that's discussion. more like
0: setting silos next to each other and calling them a team. Right. And you know, I often wonder if you can really create a team – or what you really create is the environment where the team can happen.
1: So what what yeah. the approach I like to take is create more shared experiences,
0: mm-hmm. which is with that a environment. Yeah,
1: but with a purpose. Uh huh. Right, not just shared experience. Let's go to dinner. Yeah, you can do yeah. a little bit of that, but that's not everybody's
0: gonna, done the pizza. <laughs> right, the pizza and then thing, it becomes yeah.
1: like this forced having yeah. fun oh, kind or of thing. Having pizza, again. it's <laughs> more create that shared experience through you know sports analogies right mm-hmm. you put a goal out there you put these mm-hmm. disparate people together and say go chase that goal and then yeah. give them the rewards mm-hmm. for chasing that that's motivation and they'll they'll drive to it and mm-hmm. that's what we're kind of striving towards from an IT perspective yeah uh, but it it's not easy it's not easy well
0: it's it well because it's basically about People and relationships—it's time-consuming. Um, in fact, I was surprised when you told me about you devote a couple of hours a month to not your directs or even their directs, but more mid-level managers. You are specifically mentoring more deeply in the organization. Yes. Is that something that you've done before in your career, or is that new to Gallo? Well,
1: mm-hmm. it's new to Gallo, and it's something I—you know—every job, every company is different. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So. If I had a clarity of vision, me getting up on a board in front or PowerPointing people to death or continually just <laughs> talking about it, mm-hmm. is me informing, not having a genuine moment of interaction throughout my department. Yeah. So this way, when I meet with the intern who started for, an, he gets an hour of my time, and it's not two to three, I think it's closer to eight to 10 a month. Is where, oh, where I was where thinking the
0: two to three is per person. Oh, yes, And you per do person. it with a couple of yeah, people.
1: Yeah, I do it with about four to five people, roughly, on yeah. a month. But again, it That's you know, That's pretty schedules. significant,
0: But considering how busy you are. Yeah, <laughs> but you kind of have to. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if you want true understanding of your vision, not just the talking points, a true understanding of where you want to take the department, mm-hmm. you've got to let a person who would not usually have that ability in a big public forum. Or the access to you. Or the access to Mm -hmm. you to come challenge you on it or ask you questions. And then my job in in that two to three hour interaction, I'll be honest with you, tends to be just be listen and ask questions. Mm -hmm. This is why or or help them understand what I was thinking when I said I want to do plan, build, run. Or what I'm thinking when I say... You know, create a moment of genuine inter- interaction with your business partner. Mm-hmm. Go live their day in a life. What does that mean? There, because that when someone says go live your day in a life, that's great. Coming from the CIO, wonderful. I've got forty-seven tasks to do. What does mm-hmm. my CIO know? Wh- when do I have time?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. That, exactly. And so my conversation, okay, let's look at those 47 tasks. can we optimize some of them? Can some of them are they real tasks or are they busy work? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it's it, it's it's that level of granular discussion that you can
0: interesting do yeah.
1: and you can influence because these people then potentially go talk to other folks and mm-hmm. they can influence. but this is more of the long-term bet I'm doing. yeah, training, working helping connect Mm -hmm. at all levels within the IT department because that way I know that my vision is truly being um, explained and it's not yeah. being interpreted.
0: Well, and it's sinking into the organization in ways that it becomes just part of, it becomes part of that uh, new habit formation, You know, the shifting, the mind shift sort of thing. And it doesn't um, really
1: matter, Mary Fran. I'm not expecting it to be 100% understood and 100% accepted. Yeah. It's just well, increasing is, yeah. that mm-hmm. percentage of acceptance, acceptance and understanding.
0: Right. Now, we mentioned a few times you've uh, talked to, mentioned the IoT. And um, but in our uh, recent event in Atlanta, uh, you told a, a great story on stage, and it was about one of the downsides of digital transformation. Um, and it had to do with um, drip irrigation, using yes. IoT sensors across 10 acres.
1: No, so uh, we, we were, uh, you know, using sensors to manage irrigation, and we didn't realize that, uh, you know, these sensors... Rodents can eat the wires, and
0: and the wires turned out to be tasty, right? Yes, I guess because of the nutrients. I don't know. Yeah. It just, is,
1: you know, there's yeah. all sorts of theories there. I mean, yeah. I'm going to go with the, the the sci-fi one that they create uh-huh. a uh, <laughs> electrical charge that uh, a field that attracts oh, them. But I don't okay. know if that's true. All I know is that we had a lot more sensors, and a lot more sensors were eaten. So oh, okay, so, what, so what, what, they what were ends,
0: tasty for some reason. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: So what we're getting at is. This is the reality of applying technology in
0: in the real world. In the real world,
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, th- this yeah. is an extreme case of it. But mm-hmm. there's other aspects too. Uh, when we start looking at um, in in a manufacturing environment, we've got a glass plant. You know, applying mm-hmm. technology there. There's it's high. You know, it's very hot. Yes. H- how do we have sensors? How do we make sure the robots automation mm-hmm. work there? Yeah. That's also some of these things that we have to consider, right? It all looks great on a piece of paper when you're designing it in the mm-hmm. in the cool comfort of an architecture. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, there's a uh, great meeting. deal of science, actual real science involved in agriculture. Yes. Which of, of course when financial services and software building, you don't have to you don't have to concern yourself as much with that. Those factors probably don't come in. Um, you, you'd mentioned a few times when uh, I've heard you frame conversations around uh, your five pillars when we were talking about the digital ecosystem. And um, I wanted you to just briefly describe them and talk about how you're investing in them. So one of them you already mentioned, the sales call of the future, is yeah. one of the pillars.
1: Absolutely. So it doesn't come necessarily from the digital ecosystem The started – as an idea when I was looking at the Gallo Enterprise. Oh, okay. Um, Mm -hmm. And and it logically is the digital ecosystem because the enterprise is the ecosystem for all intents and purposes, and how do we digitize it? But Mm -hmm. when I look at the Gallo ecosystem, we had a lot of individual applications owned by individual app owners. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we could continue to support that but I wanted to change the conversation into more holistic platform discussions, right? So invest in the sales platform, the glower platform, the marketing platform, the manufacturing platform, or or the automation platforms. Okay. So mm-hmm. how do I change that conversation, and how did I, how did I do that without using the word digital ever?
0: Okay. Right? Yep.
1: So the idea was I would have five pillars that we'd be investing in. And they're
0: all business delivery pillars. They're business delivery pillars
1: tied to business verticals right? or horizontals. Mm -hmm. Uh, It depends on how you're organized. So you've got sales call of the future, grower call of the future for the ag side of the business, Mm -hmm. marketing in the digital age for marketing, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, manufacturing in the digital age for both supply chain and operations, and automation of white collar. That's kind of a... Hmm. All all encompassing. That's a
0: future of work kind of category. Yeah.
1: Because there is a lot that is is said today about robotics and automation, and you know, we don't need forklift drivers, or we don't need uh, self driving self driving. driving. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, Look, I don't think that's real, and Mm. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think
0: it's going to happen that quickly. quickly. Yeah.
1: But Mm. I do think. all focus tends to be on automation of blue collar. I think mm-hmm. the bigger opportunity is automation on the white collar work. There's a tremendous really? about, okay. amount of uh, analytics that gets done, a tremendous amount of report generation that gets done, a tremendous amount of you know monitoring of systems that gets done.
0: Mm-hmm. Isn't some of it already being done? Some mm-hmm. of it, but okay. there's
1: not as much of a focus on ah. it as much as I at least I've not seen that tremendous focus mm-hmm. by allowing this fifth pillar to be existing in in my strategy for digital yeah. ecosystem evolution it creates a focus so that the lens of the road mapping that we talked about mm-hmm. of the interaction cadences that we talked about
2: yeah
1: how does automation of white collar work it's it's at the forefront of every discussion interesting and that way Hmm. you change it now that's not we're not suggesting um tomorrow everything gets automated i'm just suggesting that something that was value-added 20 years ago has become rote today how Mm -hmm. do you take that rote and eliminate it from a human needing to do it
0: right yeah
1: and then allow that human to go work on something else. Well, so much
0: of that has been happening in data center technologies where you just don't need the people doing it anymore. It comes down to literally the one button pushing Mm -hmm. um, happening. And uh, some of this kind of leads me into asking you about innovation. I, I know one of the things that I thought it was amusing when you were talking at our Atlanta event and you basically said, I, "You know, we gotta stop talking about innovating everywhere and start talking about business outcomes. And that, it sounds like that's something of a mantra of yours at Gallo. That's how you engage with the other business executives. You don't do a lot of, you don't throw the I word around a lot.
1: No, I no, don't. Okay. And there's a reason for it, right? Mm-hmm. When we look at innovation, for example, right? I I break innovation into two types. There's innovation through perspiration, which is the evolutionary innovation that we talk about, right? You know, there's marginal... slow and steady improvements. Slow and steady improvements of existing. And then there's the flash of genius. Yep. I'm not a genius, and I've not had any flashes of genius anytime. (laughs) So I would rather leave that up to Mm -hmm. somebody else, come up with a flash of genius, and I'll follow quickly behind, or create a culture where a flash of genius may occur. Ah. Right? But everything that my department's focusing on is on evolutionary innovation. That's something we can achieve and and something we can control. And you can measure it. And you can measure success. Mm -hmm. The other part of this is, but we have to tie that back to something Mm -hmm. that your enterprise exists on, right? Fundamentally, any enterprise, it's not Gallo, needs to sell more stuff and make it more cheaply. Right, at its mm-hmm. essence. If you distill everything down, mm-hmm. unless there's a it's a NGO of some sort and there's some social aspects that they're trying to, that might be the third pillar. I don't know. Yeah. But most public companies, most private companies, they want to sell more of whatever product they're making and make that product more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Right? If, if you distill that down. So if you lo- use those two as the business outcomes, then there's tertiary business outcomes all related to that. How do you take tie all technological innovation or technological projects or technological thought, road mapping, to that fundamental mm-hmm. outcome and start thinking that way, then your investments become straightforward, right? Then your prioritization becomes straightforward. Then your mm-hmm. discussion around what is important versus what is necessary
0: yeah.
1: becomes you're... easier. There's not. It's not emotional. It's not political. It's not...
0: You're not... And you're not... Spending a lot of time creating an atmosphere of genius combustibility, you know, where that right. flash is going to happen. Right.
1: And and that, oh, that person's special because he came up with all the ideas. Well, well or okay. this is I mean, the
0: innovation team and they get yeah. the really nice room with the great views, you know. Exactly. That's
1: <laughs> I mean, because everybody should be innovating yeah. in your department. Everybody, it's all about raising the water table so mm-hmm. that everything. Yeah. rises along with it.
0: Well, but then again, there's been a lot written about the kind of innovation that's going on at Gallo, like the communities that you've created, the grower portals. And and I mean, maybe these are just obvious innovations, but to your growers, there's something,
1: yes. you know,
0: yeah, that's innovative yeah. to them. So, <clears throat> so th-
1: this is where it is, right? When you're on a journey of evolutionary innovation, mm-hmm. if you're on the journey... You don't realize the 10th innovation that you've put out there. If you come in from the outside and look at that 10th one, you go, wow, that's revolutionary.
0: Yeah. Or if someone dropped in who knew you five years ago and then they come in now, they're just like, wow. Wow.
1: This is so different.
0: Place is loaded with innovation. <laughs> right. But
1: but at the same time, we don't go and chase the home run, like I said, right? Yeah. It's yeah. S- slow, steady, and then it feeds itself.
0: Well, didn't the mobile scheduling app, didn't that seem pretty innovative out in it the did. field to your growers? It did. Okay.
1: It did. For right. the grower reps, it, it was. But mm-hmm. we chased it for two years. Yeah. Right? It wasn't overnight that this was successful. No it flash of genius
0: years. and suddenly it was there. Yeah. And it wasn't <laughs>
1: some guy in a basement who came up with it, coded it overnight, and here you go. Yeah. It was
0: more of that. Mm-hmm. It was the ninety-nine percent perspiration yes. leading you to the innovation. I, I okay, mean, fair enough. The yeah. other
1: part of it is, I would love to have a flash of genius mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, that we've got done in a week. Yeah, but I've noticed that that's a little mythology. Well, <laughs> that and that's like that's that. like
0: assuming that you can come up with a simple answer to a complex problem yeah. because they're usually wrong. Mm, yeah, those things.
1: Yeah, and it's okay. I mean, the other part of it is what you know innovation, the reason I don't like to use that word too much is I I, I want to focus on how technology can change the fundamental core of your business model. Ah uh, right That's a different approach too and it.
0: that's and you have to at the same time be changing the culture exactly yeah because everybody everybody's got to be on board for that and, and yeah
1: if you don't do I mean if you look at what's happened in the last 20 years, Amazons, the Ubers, the Mm -hmm. Airbnbs, the Zappos, you name it, right? Yeah, Zappos from a cultural perspective, Mm -hmm. Amazon Mm -hmm. from the e-com perspective. Uber from what it did to the taxi industry. I mean, all of these are out there. Disruption is just a natural fact. Mm Mm-hmm. So, how, But if you notice, every disruption right now is happening because of technology recently. At least it feels yeah, that way. It's very digitally based. Yeah, and it relies just,
0: on social media and the public internet. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: But you go back 30 years, 40 years, it was other things that were driving innovation, right? Yeah. It, it, it was more education-based. It was more, more people got educated. The women came into the workforce. They mm-hmm. got diversity. There's mm-hmm. all different types of... Uh, impetuses for innovation. We just happen to be in a a time where technology is taking the forefront of it all. Right. Uh, And so... It's
0: a good time to be a CIO. (laughs)
1: It's a good time to be a CIO and it's a good time to be in technology. The other thing also is if you want a seat at the table with the boards or with your executive leadership team, Mm -hmm. you have to talk in terms of business model. You have to talk in terms of transforming the company. Mm-hmm. You can and deliver on those through the tools that you have. Me mm-hmm. being a CIO, me being a technologist, my tools are technology. Yeah. So that's how I talk that language, yeah. and that's how I try to add value to the company.
0: Well, and I, I've maintained for a long time that it is a unique value that CIOs can bring to the C-suite to that discussion. Is you know essentially it's that solution that. Uh, nobody knew they always wanted. You know, you come in and you say, well, here's actually a way to do this 20% cheaper using this technology that they m- didn't necessarily know about because it's not in their field of vision. I think mm-hmm. the the CIOs and IT executives in general, their field of vision is, uh, you know, there's so many things. It's not a static environment out there. There's so many yeah. things changing. How do you keep up with uh, things, you know, well, you're close enough to Silicon Valley. Do you do like... Tours a couple times a year through the VC shops? I mean, how do well, you keep I, I on do. top of stuff?
1: Um, this is going to sound funny. I kind of do, but I kind of don't. It's okay. very difficult. So, and it's, it's, it's a little bit of a cop-on answer. But look, <laughs> inherently, am I on top of all the digital innovation that is happening out there? Absolutely not.
0: Well, and that's not I, what I asked you. I, I know. I know. <laughs>
1: but... How do I keep in touch yeah. with what is happening in the change? One is reading.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I read a lot, a lot. Of as a stuff. life
0: as a lifelong editor, I'm very happy to hear yeah. that. Good. It's just constantly right? whether it
1: yeah. Whether it be mm-hmm. you know periodicals or articles or uh, mm-hmm. analyst research, all of it. Yeah. The other part is yes, I do create a network that I rely upon. VCs, whether it be VCs, other CIOs, other mm-hmm. technologists that you know, we communicate back on, hey, have you seen this? This is kind of cool, what's going on? Yeah. But then the third part is, I'm not trying to keep up with the Joneses on technology. I'm only trying to keep up with the Joneses on technology if it can change the business model of my company.
0: Okay. So that's,
1: mm-hmm. I'm also not chasing the most shiny new object out there
0: yeah and I'm, when I'm t- you refer to changing the business model of the company what are you thinking about exactly because so, i mean you you make wine and you sell wine so that's kind of, when you strip it all down that's the business model how could that substantively change
1: so you, you make wine you sell wine but how you sell wine is different Okay. Across states, mm-hmm. across geographies, across international geogra- geographies, yeah. and where and how you where, sell. Where, how? The other okay. part is, we're an ecosystem company that has potential for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're vertically integrated from the sand mine to the distrib- some of the distributors that sell the wine, mm-hmm. right to the retailer. Why not leverage? data analytics to create social experiences through mm-hmm. that process to help sell wine this mm-hmm. is a different business model this is not the traditional make wine sell wine okay. in, in, in a three-tier okay. system
0: fair enough right yep. create
1: more experiences D- does that mean we become the disneyland of wine i don't know i probably <laughs> far-fetched from that but yeah you you, under, you get what i'm getting at it's, yes. it's, it's it's that change right the other aspect is The consumer behavior is changing. Mm -hmm. Right? Online purchasing is going up, direct to consumer is going up, click and collect is going up, delivery from Drizzly and Uber Eats and all of that's increasing. How do we change our business model to facilitate that we're a player in all of it? Okay. Right? That's the fundamental. And and when Mm -hmm. I say change your business model, does it mean we need to focus on efficiencies in the manufacturing more? Right. Do I need to increase top line by, by having more digital campaigns, digital
2: mm-hmm. presence,
1: activation? Do I need to focus on manufacturing in the digital age more than I am today? Ah. So when I look at those five platforms, I've also have been able to talk to our business and say, look, I am not scaled to invest in all five at any given time. I can do one, maybe two.
0: True. Yeah, you can't have five top priorities because if then you decide, you're too divided. Yeah. If you decide
1: sales call of the future is the thing we're going to chase, mm-hmm. then I can do one more. Is that grower call of the future? Is that marketing in the digital age? Is that manufacturing or is that automation? I can mm-hmm. b- pick one of them. Yeah. So, and everyone's yeah. well, they're all important. Well, right. Yes, right. Everything's it's like, important. Pick mine. <laughs> but yeah. It allows for to your earlier question: How do I change? Yeah the business mindset and the interaction, it's through that, by creating that unified vision, by giving mm-hmm. them options and then and applying.
0: You're giving people lots to talk about yeah. and creativity comes from conversation. Right. So it sounds like a pretty good strategy.
1: Well, it seems to be working so far. Yes. We'll see. Well.
0: All right. Well, and I'm just very sorry that we weren't doing this conversation with a nice glass of of one of your 90 wines in our hands. (laughs) I feel like I overlooked something really important here. Thank you very much for joining us here today, Sanjay. And I will, um, if you are uh, joining us online and you've missed any parts of this fabulous conversation with uh, Sanjay Sringapur of Gala Winery, you can find it uh, tomorrow. You'll see this on CIO.com. And we also post an audio podcast of this interview on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And next week, we have another episode of CIO Leadership Live coming up. My guest will be uh, it will we'll be talking about drinking coffee instead of wine. Uh, I will have Jack Clare, the CIO and the Chief Strategy Officer of Duncan Brands, joining me next Thursday, May 10th at 2 p.m. Eastern. So thanks very much for joining us today, and we hope to see you back here soon.